A great philosopher once said, Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. That was Michael Scott, regional manager of Dunder Mifflin, Scranton branch. And listen, he's right. In life, sometimes we'll start and we don't know where we're going. We just have to take it one step at a time and hopefully we find it along the way. As Chasen brings us in, listen, did you know? It's a new episode of the Bad Apples Podcast, and here we are. I'm enjoying a hot cup of coffee from Custom Cup, and it's good. Springfield, Illinois, check them out if you're in the area, or check them out on their website. I have an awesome friend of mine from Hope Church, Springfield, Illinois, joining me on the podcast today. We're going to have some conversations, we're going to have some laughs, we're going to have some fun. There's no other way to do it than to just get to it. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bad Apples Podcast. Man, I am so excited uh, to be here with you today with a good friend of mine, Mike Skaggs. Mike, won't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, maybe how we met? Oh, how we met? Who am I? I I'm still asking that question myself. Right. right. I, I used to be somebody. Now I'm somebody different. So yeah, um, that's good. How did we meet? We met at Hope Students, right? Yeah, Hope Students. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just a guy walked in in a fedora, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" It's not a fedora. <laughs> what is it? It's a trilby. Oh, okay, trilby. trilby. All right, all right. Trilby has the upturned back. Fedora has a flat brim all the way around. Oh, I, think I don't know how many times I have to chastise people about that. It's very stylish, whatever it is. Well, I'm good looking and it fits me. <laughs> you're just a handsome young bear. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you're originally from Springfield I'm or born not? Born and raised. Born and born raised in Springfield? Yeah. All right, so uh, tell us a little bit about what brought you to uh, Hope Church. Oh, wow. Um, Hope Church, I've been coming here in five years now. All right. Um, and I don't know what brought me to Hope Church um, other than I, when I was looking for a church when I came back from Springfield or to Springfield, um, I tried church after church, what felt like right. so many churches and just none of them fit. Right. Um, and then, like so many of us here at Hope, um, Dustin Bramer, who you had on <laughs> yeah. a few weeks ago, yeah. um, I, I was sitting in the corner just trying to be like a, you know, a fly on the wall. And Dustin walked straight to me yeah. the morning that I was here. Um, and I think he did the same thing to you. He just made me feel so welcome. Absolutely. Um, yep. And none of the other churches I went to had ever even really acknowledged me. Yep. I went there and I left. And Dustin um, just welcomed me. And I have never looked back. And hope has become my home. That's for sure. He that He's really good at that. He's really yeah. good at connecting. Yeah, he's definitely. He catches you. Um, off guard a little bit and just shows you love. Yeah, he and does. Just keeps you here. And then the great thing about hope is, it extends. It's not just Dustin. Yeah, it's true. It's just as soon as you walk in the door, it's home, and it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I felt that way from the first moment I uh, stepped in. So before Hope Church, tell us a little bit about who you were, and, oh. then, and then who you became. Okay, okay. So it's been twelve years now. Okay. So so I was forty years old. Um, and an atheist. Wow. Straight through life. Never, wow. never even considered a God. Wow. Um, and was doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, had, you know, uh, my own business, had some money in my pocket, had some big boy toys. Um, and I thought things were going well. Um, and that summer, I just had stuff start falling apart. Um, 
my business partner found out he was stealing from me. Oh, wow. Um, relationships crumbled, going through divorce. Um, and it just, I got rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and I found myself in Las Vegas. Wow. Um, at the bottom of a bottle mm. with a gun in my mouth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Bad day. Worst day. For sure. Um, and I didn't know it at that moment in life, but God stepped in. Um, got a phone call from my brother and wanted me to come back to Quincy, Illinois and get some work started there. Um, and so I was like, yeah, either I'm going to do something or I won't be here anymore. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, Thursday, it was a Thursday morning, flew back into Quincy. Um, and a young man that we had working for us um, had said that he, he talked to his folks and they were going to let us stay on the farm rather than have to put up money for a hotel and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And unbeknownst to me, his mother and father, who I now consider probably the most godly people I know. Right. Um, so go to work, finally get off work, drive over to the farm, and sit down for a dinner with the family. And Jeremy and his mom and sister had to go into town for something that left Wayne, Jeremy's father, and myself sitting at the table. And we're just small talking. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, 48 hours ago, I had a gun in my mouth. And, right. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here with somebody I don't know at a table. And wow. Wayne looks at me and he says, God's working on your heart, isn't he? And, of course, I'm like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, no, you know, I don't, I don't think so. That's kind of not my thing. Yeah. Um, and I now know that Wayne is not a talkative person. Mm -hmm. He's not an outgoing person, very loving person, but he wouldn't do that. And after, after all this went down, I will continue the story, but he told me a couple years later, he said, Mike, I didn't know what I was saying that night. He said, <laughs> you're, you're popular, you're getting yeah, phone calls. You know, I got fans adoring me already. <laughs> They heard you doing the podcast, and they're um, already calling. <laughs> and he said, God gave me every word. And But anyway, um, we had just, we sat there for the rest of the night just having a conversation um, about his faith and what God had done for him. Wow. And he invited me to church that night. And so it's Thursday night. And, right. And I'm like, you know, thank you, but no thank you. Mm -hmm. um, just wasn't my thing. Um. And then something kind of happened on Friday. Uh, we go to work, and just like person after person, kind of gave me a nudge towards God. I mean, didn't wasn't nothing, nothing big, but you know, just would say something like, you know, by the love of God, wow, or, you know, or have a blessed day. Yep. And Man. it just started my wheels turning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Saturday, the exact same thing. It just felt like. People kept giving me hints. And so Saturday night, I said to Wayne, hey, Wayne, do you mind if I take you up on your offer um, and go to church with you in the morning? Right. And, you know, he's just this big smile on his face, and he said, absolutely. Um, and so the next morning, we wake up, and it's just he and I in the truck, and uh, we pull into the church. It's Madison Park in, in Quincy. Okay. And I walk into the church, and unbeknownst to me, Wayne 
had been talking to the pastor, Chuck, okay. about me. Um, and so I walk in, and Chuck just comes up and bear hugs me. That's awesome. And... <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that's the first time in my life that um, a man ever hugged me out of love, just out of that agape type of love. Right, you know? right. Um, and so it threw me back on my heels to begin with. So I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, yeah, what is like, What is this? Men don't do this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm already on my heels, and then we go into the sanctuary. And probably, uh, Madison Park's about the size of Hope. Okay. So probably three, 300 people in the auditorium. And Chuck starts preaching, and I literally feel like I'm the only person in that auditorium. Oh, man. Every single word. Yeah, it's special. Every single word that he preached yep. was straight to my heart. And I don't even know it, but I've got tears running down my face. And I'm sure this surprises everybody who knows me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got tears running down my face for 45 straight minutes. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And from there, as far as my faith goes, I've never looked back. Yeah. Um, that was in July, August 21st. I was baptized. Wow. And, and I just, I haven't looked back. Um, and the thing that just amazed me is while I was still, I call it uh, infant Christian. Okay, yeah. God just threw person after person after person into my life. Yeah. Just to say, hey, I'm here. That's awesome. That makes Man, sense. It's, it's incredible uh, what God does. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that, I have to say that, and people who have become Christian later in life know this, that honeymoon period, that six to eight month period, is just incredible. Yeah, the light it is, is so strong, um, and it's just an amazing time. And th- but then, <laughs> then the enemy says, "Wait a minute!" Absolutely. I used to have you, and now all of a sudden, what, what happened here? <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that that's. I was in Madison Park for two years. Okay. Um, and then, God, you know, kind of says to me. Okay, you've got kids. You've got to be the leader of that household. Right. Um, and so I had to come back to Springfield. Okay. The amazing story about that is um, my oldest son, his name's Seven, had a birthday in that time. And we had gotten tickets to the Cardinal game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I pick up the kids and, and we're heading down to St. Louis and I'm trying to start a conversation with the kids telling them what has happened to me because I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, I am on fire at this point. Absolutely, I'm trying yeah. to start a conversation with my kids about how I found Jesus and, and what has happened and how I'm different and the words just can't, they don't come. Right. And I'm praying, I'm driving down the road praying, God, give me something, give me words, give me anything. I got to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I get nothing. And so, you know, I'm worried about what I'm going to say and all this stuff. And we get to St. Louis and we get our popcorn. We sit down in our seats. And almost immediately, I felt like it was as soon as we sat down, on the announcement, it says, Welcome to Christian Night at the ballpark. Oh, that's awesome. And you didn't know. I had no idea. Oh, that's awesome. No idea. And I just kind of chuckle to myself and look up and say, Now you're just showing off. Yeah. And it was great because <laughs> they invite kids down after the game into right. the dugout. 
and they wow. get to talk to everybody about their walk in faith. You know, you got Wainwright and all those guys. Wow, talking about their walk with Jesus. And on the way back, I don't have to say a word. Uh, they said it My up boys for you. are like, Dad, that was the greatest thing I've ever... Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Literally set it up for and you. And it just moved... Yeah, just transitioned into... Yeah, Dad, what do you think? Wow. And from that point on, um, yeah, like I said, it, it, God had me and he has me and will never lose me. Wow. And that's me. Man, that's, and that's an me. incredible... So uh, I know we had talked about... I knew you had. You were an atheist. Um I, I don't know if I recall, uh, talk, like, talking about you being in Vegas and that stuff. I don't know if I recall us talking about oh. that. Uh, but that's deep. Yeah, that's and, ugly. And to be honest with you, looking, like, you know, knowing you and meeting you, like, when you first walked in, when I first met you, you, you know, you walk in and here's this big bear of a guy. But you are one of the, the most, like, you're just the funniest, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. I don't know about that. Looks, <laughs> looks don't account for everything. But, like, there's no, like I, don't, I don't think there's ever a time I've been around you that you haven't just genuinely made me laugh. Mm. And that could be dangerous. <laughs> no, it no, could definitely in, be dangerous. In this, res- in this respect, when you're that guy who always makes people laugh, right. you never get a chance to be that guy who is sad. Mm. You always have to be on. Mm. And I think early in my life, that's kind of how I got to where I got. Mm. It's because I never had the chance just to reflect or, or be sad. Oh, that's good. And people come to me that's and good. say, hey, do you need something? What's going on with you? And so I was always, wow. yeah, I always had to turn the switch on and be the one that was on. Well, you know, you, and I guess maybe... Uh, that's just another layer of knowing you because I feel like I have been that way as well. And we haven't talked about that, but a lot of times I've used, I've used humor and I've kind of been the one that like, I feel like I had to turn it on. Yeah. And, yeah. It and, can be a crutch. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. the thing about it is once that crutch is gone, yeah. what do you lean on? What do you lean on? Well, I found it. You did you lean on God. Yeah. You know, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> It took and me just, 40 years to get there. Well, I mean, better late than never. Yeah, better late than never is right. Yeah, part of that, the thing that I noticed when I first became a Christian was um, I would sit in the back at Madison Park and I would watch these kids right. worshiping. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking 13, 14, 15-year-olds. And I just think to myself, how do they get it so young? You know, it literally took me four decades yeah. to figure out that he was even real. He, you know, he wasn't some ghost or whatever right and here's these kids and i'm watching them with just pure joy on their faces they're worshiping and you get to know these kids and they're just amazing and i had said at that time in my life i said that's what i want to do yeah i want to be part of that it's awesome and that's where i'm at that's where you're at (laughs) and it's so funny because you don't it's it's not a a progression of that's where i want to be that's where i'm at it's a well, anybody who knows God's time, it's a slow step. Absolutely. And sometimes feel like a, a drudge, <laughs> yes. drudgery to get there. Yes. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I turned around and Dustin and Troy had invited me into Hope Students. And I just turned around a couple of years ago and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I didn't, I, this is where I wanted to be and I didn't even register that's where I was going yep. until I got there. That's awesome. And then you turn around and, you know, the whole cliche of God carried you, you know, two footsteps, or two pair of footsteps yeah. in the sand. Yeah. 
Um, and you turn around and you see every point in which God said, nope, go this way. Oh, man. No, you're not going there. Yep. Nope, go here. And it's, it's, it's just pure, it, it's joy when you get a turn around, that moment in life when you turn around and say, he's been with me the whole time. The whole time. I think um, something that I, I think I actually mentioned this maybe in the last episode where even like throughout the craziness of the last few years, just in my life, um, I can look back on legitimately like every aspect of my life throughout the course of what, however, and even when I wasn't, even when I didn't feel like I was really living for him, he was, he was with me Yeah, and he was directing me and I just didn't know it. But then when I get to places, like you said, you look back and it's like, oh, wow, now that makes sense. You know, a um, guy in our small group, Robert Talaveras, um, we had the same conversation the other night. We had small groups the other night. And we had that same thing. He and I both grew up relatively poor. Right. And we just got to talking about how even when we didn't believe, yeah, you can look back at pinpoint times in your life where God said, nope. You're not doing that. Yeah, that's not it's amazing. You. That's not where you're going. And then, yes, you want to take this. And that, yeah, that's it's that moment when you finally figure out he's been there the whole time. Yeah, that is just eye opening. It, it is. It, it really is eye opening. And and just to hear that portion of your life where you know you were ready to end it all, but then here you are, and you're finding this joy in um, in what God has done and where God has brought you and where God is continually. Uh, taking all of us, um, it's it really amazing to see uh, what God can do. And I guess that's a perfect uh, pathway into what we're talking about today. Those of us in the business call that a segue. A segue. You yeah. know, I've said segue before, but I feel like I say segue a lot. So I yeah. figure, like, let's think of another word. So pathway okay. is okay, I guess. Yeah, you but, know. you know, segue. We're, seg- we're going to take a segue into uh, our topic today. And this is something that um, seems like a pretty simple um topic to talk about, but it's like, I feel like it's been mentioned several times throughout the past few months, just in different circles. Like I've heard some people at church talk about it. Some people in small group uh, talked about it. And then um, when me and you were just kind of brainstorming about what we were going to talk about, you talked about, um, you know, what brings you joy. And and, and I'm like, man, there's that word joy again. Mm -hmm. And something that I've said for the past few months that I've talked to close people um, I, I said that I feel like I have joy again. Like I've been, I've been okay and I've been, you know, God's just been doing some amazing things, but I feel like there's just a difference in happiness and, and true biblical joy that God gives us. I mean, because I can be happy that the Celtics swept the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. Who? The, you know what? Never mind. Is that one-on-one basketball or something? What is that? <laughs> the Boston is that, Celtics? Is that Pee Wee League Bo- or something? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, I could be happy uh, that I had good barbecue. You sure. Know? I could be happy, but what truly brings us joy? And I feel like, you know, there have just there's just been some moments where I've realized I have joy again. Yeah. And when I started just kind of brainstorming about joy, um, I found these two scriptures, and I, and I don't know if it really gives a definition of what joy is, but there's something that stuck out to me um, in both of these scriptures. One is in Proverbs uh, 10 and 28. It says, The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. And I looked at that, and it said, The hope of the righteous brings joy, but they won't even call 
what the wicked have hope. They call it an expectation. Right. And that will that will perish. And it talks about the hope um, that we have as you know, as the righteous, as God's children, that hope brings us joy. And so I thought about that and the one thing that I have realized for the past year is I have hope again. And that hope has brought me joy. I think not only you, I think God is moving big time in a lot of people's lives. I agree. I was having a conversation um, with Kobe Slater. Yeah. Um, he he drummed this morning. Okay. And at, at Big Church. And I felt it too, but it looked like, I, I looked at one point, looked around, and you could just see people worshiping so into it. Yes. And Kobe and I had a conversation afterwards and he Kobe is just a graduate um, he was in youth group but he just graduated two years ago he said did you feel the joy in the room yes and I was like yeah I don't know that I was going to use the word joy but I definitely was like right that was incredible and he used the word joy and I think I think God after the last two years we've had he's yes just moving so big in people's lives you're like you're hitting on it because that's exactly what I thought too it's like we're finally coming out of this very dark two years, whether it would be personally, whether it would be everything that's been going on just in general. Um, I just feel like God is restoring joy. And I think so. The one thing that I was talking about at Easter was I feel like God has given me a resurrection in my joy. Mm. And now uh, to hear every, and just to hear you say that, it just excites me even more because God really is doing something. Yeah, he's and moving. he's restoring joy, and he's bringing he's he's giving people new joy, um, and there's there's a hope in that, um, and that's so beautiful. And the second scripture goes right along with it. It's in Romans 15. It says, "May the God of hope fill your fill you with all joy and peace uh, as you trust in Him, so that uh, you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit." And I mean, it, He's the God of hope, and He's wanting to give us all the joy and all the peace. And I'm, now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> and I feel like that's the one thing that I have felt for the past few months is I feel joy and I feel peace again. And I talk to more and more people, and they're feeling the same way. Yeah, it, it was a rough two years. Right, yeah. I am a people person, mm-hmm. um, and just not having my people around and not being able to hug and yeah. you know all that stuff, it's just whether we want to admit it or not, was a hard two years. Very hard. Very difficult so. uh, two years. But yeah, and, and that's just a beautiful thing to think about. And you asked me the other day at dinner, what brings me joy? Yeah. And now that I'm reading these scriptures and it kind of just hit me this morning, um, hope. Hope has brought me joy. Like the God of hope has has given me all joy and all peace because he wants to. Mm. And that's the beautiful part of it. He actually wants to give us all of this hope and all this joy because he's the God of hope and he wants to give us this peace. Uh, so that it says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's just that's beautiful. Strong. Yeah, that's, that's just beautiful. Overflow. Yeah. So you ask me, so I'm going to ask you, what brings you joy? Oh, um, it's changed, but uh, the one constant, I think, throughout these last 12 years uh, in my walk with faith has been kids the kids Mm -hmm. um first of madison park but now of hope yeah um and it's it's really strange i feel like the reason i connect so strongly with them is because i'm growing up in faith with them wow 
That's you know, because I was I, I I used the term infant Christian, right? And so I've only been in my walk with Jesus for twelve years. Wow. Which, if you think about it, these high school kids, because I don't really count the first four or five years of life, sure. You know, so they're about the same amount of years into their walk that I am. Wow. And I feel like I am growing up with them, and I wow. feel like they teach me as much about faith as I'm able to teach them. I mean, yeah, I could probably quote some more stuff or I've been through more life experience, but I haven't been um, through the whole experience of being able to lean on Jesus, just mm. absolutely give everything I can to him and trust that it's going to be okay. And it's that moment in a kid's life where they get it, where they take their faith and they make it their own. They're not on mom and dad's faith anymore. Oh, yeah. They're not That's going good. to church because they're supposed to or because mom and dad say so. Yep. They look you in the eye and they have taken their faith and made it their own. Yeah. And when you know, when a kid comes and asks you, Will you baptize me? Yeah. It's big. There is no greater joy for me than that moment right there. And now I've learned that all of my joy, because I don't I can't think of anything secular that brings me joy like serving somebody else brings me. Right. And, you know, people talk about burnout and stuff, but I just fill my days mm. with serving. Angie and I try to fill every single evening or night with serving. It's amazing. Some way or another. And I, I don't feel like burnout is there or even close to being there. Wow. But it, it just brings me so much to be able to serve others. That's amazing. That really is amazing. And you know what? I, going back to uh, a little bit about the students here, I, I have, I, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm young. I'm only 33. And I have I've found myself. underwear older than you. <laughs> what? Are you 33? My gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember 33. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right you know what that, i can't i can't comment on they're that. really I don't not know. underwear anymore now they're just kind of an elastic band but they're comfortable <laughs> <laughs> guys know what i'm talking about you know i know what you're talking about <laughs> oh my goodness um i was so excited to have you on this podcast for that very reason <laughs> okay i'm sorry Three, uh, 30 you're only 33 but oh but i have found myself at times being critical of this generation oh no i I can never be critical of them yeah and i have found and i have i have prayed for repentance because i see that there there is a remnant of kids whose heart is so passionate yeah and they are so tuned in and they are so ready um to do what God wants them to do and they love God so much if anybody if anybody loses faith in this generation, mm-hmm. you spend two days with them. Yeah. I'm serious. You spend two days with them. And first off, they're growing up in a time that's harder than any of us ever Absolutely. thought about. Absolutely. Bullying and all that stuff. It's 24-7. It's, yeah. You can't get yeah. away from We used to be able to, we used to go to school, get bullied a little bit, go home. Go home. Yeah. And not have to worry about it until the next day or over the weekend. Yep. This is 24-7 for these 24-7 kids. on every social media platform. Absolutely. There is, there is so bullying. So before you start judging, remember that these kids are, are in a time that there's so much hatred out there, and they're growing up in it. Yeah. But also, when you meet a kid of faith 
they are 100% into their faith. So true. And as adults, we're not. That's so true. I'm sorry, but when you... No, we're not. When it comes time to pay the bills and you're, you don't have it, guess what? Do we all go, ah, oh, Jesus, take care of it? <laughs> exactly. No, we, we, these kids, I'm telling you, are 100% in on their faith. That is spot on. So that is spot on, and 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 it, it was it wasn't until I started working back in like I was started working in the school system that I really seen, okay, wait a minute, like this is these these kids are not these kids are different, like like you know I work in a secular environment, but I seen the heart, and yeah. not in not even necessarily the heart of kids who who I I don't know I don't know if they're Christians or not, but they have heart. This is the first generation, and. And we grew up, and your generation grew up saying it. This is the first generation that doesn't see color, right? That doesn't see anything. And right. I, I know people get all bent out of shape on this woke stuff and this gender, right? But this is the first generation that truly does not judge each other. That's so true, man. And it's uh, beautiful. I don't, actually, I don't care if you call it woke. I don't care if you call it this or that. Right. It's the first generation that truly cares about the person sitting across from them, no matter what color, no matter what gender, no matter what belief, political, they love them and are concerned about them. Yes. And And we didn't have that. Oh, no. I mean, we didn't. We really didn't. Um, But, yeah, so I I, I just, I found myself, you know, and and I guess, like, in anything with social media, you look on social media and it usually, more so than not, only shows you the bad. Yeah, it's ugly. And you don't really get to see the good until you work with the good. And, and the good outweighs so much of the bad. And even the bad, we still have to, uh, lo- like you said, look at them and love them. And, you know, I mean, because that's what Jesus does. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's so, we're so blessed to be in part of a church that from the pulpit preaches that. Yes. You know? Yes. And we're so, we get to surround our yeah we get to surround ourselves with people who truly believe in God's grace yeah before they believe in His wrath or before they believe in any of that stuff that's right man I we mean great this place puts grace first and if you live by that alone there comes the joy yeah and and it I'm read I was reading through Genesis and just reading about the fall in Adam we all die but it doesn't end there. Jesus is that other man that came and he paid for what Adam done. Yeah. And a lot of people want to keep us in that curse. And Jesus came and died for us. He came and gave us that grace. He came and gave us that, that uh, bridge that now we can have joy from the God of all hope. We can have joy and peace. And he wants to give that to us. And, yeah, I, I, I think going back again to what you said, there is a genuine uh, love and passion and a joy that these kids have. I I thoroughly enjoy watching these kids worship. Yeah, me too. And me and too. it's just so incredible to see that. I uh, I've mentioned this before. Like I just feel like God is bringing me full circle because I started. Uh, I got saved in youth group. I started working and serving in youth group. Then I became a student pastor. And then when I left that, I just that's when I became critical. Right. But I wasn't connected to it, and yeah, I wasn't if you seeing ever it. Have a crisis of faith. Yeah, uh, you know, come down to <laughs> come down to you know yes. Sunday night to youth, to youth service, and yeah, you feed off. Of, I now feed off of their faith, absolutely, just as much as they feed off. Of absolutely, ours. I mean, it's it is amazing to see, and that's just another layer of something that can bring you joy, and 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 you get to see those moments of what God is doing in not only our lives but the lives of young people who uh, 
people are still, I mean, and you know what? It's the majority of evangelical churches and I don't want to say majority. I, I shouldn't have said the majority, but there's a lot of evangelical churches who are definitely still being critical of this generation and they're not even giving them a chance because they look different, they act different or, or whatever it is. But you're right. We did not have it as hard as these kids have it. No. I mean, looking back on, on high, I mean, high school, like I said, that wasn't that long ago for me. It was so much different. The makeup of everything was different. How, how we uh, responded to situations were different. And I mean, it's just it's incredible to see that there is such a, a passion still in kids growing up in this time. I mean, never heard of a pandemic when I was in school. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, and these kids had to yeah, the navigate stuff that. that. Yeah. You know, you, you put the, the, the social media on to them all. So then you add a pandemic. Add a pandemic. A two-year pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and stuff that we didn't even know what it looked like. No. And they throw that on their shoulders, too. And guess what? They keep walking in faith. They do. They do. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. So when it's you, awesome when stuff. You, before you start trashing this generation, yeah. take a good long look at them. Because I tell you what, if you are down on them, guess what? They're our future. Yeah. So you they better, are. You better invest in them. They are a future. I mean, that's and that's kind of what I would always preach. It's like, oh, we got to have kids. We got to have. And then it would be like, oh, man, these kids are just so. You know, I grumbled like an old man. Like I just grumbled, like oh, no, no, these kids are just. I I I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it anymore because yeah. because I they get so much joy out of the smallest things, and as adults, we we lose that. We, we lose all of that. We we desperately need to get back to childlike faith. Yeah. What is what is joy as an adult? A new house, really? A new car? No, it ain't. <laughs> I, I I was talking to a friend yesterday and. Um, I was, I was saying that. Oh, I'm so happy that I'm moving to Springfield and I actually get to go to the nice Walmart. <laughs> I didn't even know there was such a thing. The, I the think nice the, Walmart. I think the, the the what? A nice Walmart. A nice Walmart. Yeah, the Lejeune Walmart. Hey, that's fancy for me, man. That's fancy like Applebee's. Okay? <laughs> I didn't even know there was such an animal as a nice Walmart. But, like, but it's like what find what we is find. a nice Walmart Target. Hmm. Ooh. See. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I've not been to Target since I lived here. Oh man. Yeah, it's Some been a people while. People love the Target. I don't know. A lot of people think it's a French store, Target. <laughs> uh. You know where I love to go, Habe Labe. Oh, I was thought you were gonna say Golden Corral. Oh, I do like Golden, I, Golden I, Corral. Yeah, I only go with you, but two when big we go, in the room. <laughs> hey, when we walk in the door, they know what's they up. They shut her down. <laughs> oh, here they come yeah, again. Here it comes again. <laughs> Throw some more beef on. <laughs> Get him some carrot cake. Let's go. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It was, good. it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Carrot cake brings you joy. It brings me happiness. Happiness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike, um, I have absolutely loved this. And yeah, it's good, right? We, yeah, we we didn't really have a deep conversation about what we were going to talk about, and that's kind of how I like to set this stuff up because I always know that when we start having conversations about God, God's just going to show up. Yeah, yeah, he'll and he's going to he connect makes himself known and. and that's what's happened. I mean, there's just been a lot of connection there, and um, I have I have really. Uh, enjoyed and loved uh, getting to know you, and we have a lot of time left in our lives. I mean, we haven't known each other I that long. Don't. 
Well, yeah, you may not. I'm old. I got about I'll, 27 minutes. I'll sing at your graveside service. What, is that okay? Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Can I, wait, can I uh, visit you in the nursing home? I won't know the difference. Okay. <laughs> I won't remember you. I'll wheel you around and I'll, I'll take you to Golden Crow right. if they let me. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. But yeah, this has been fun. I've been really excited about this. And, uh, and well, let me just say that. Um, yeah, getting to know you has yeah. been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, and just getting to serve with you is even better. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's nice to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody who has the same kind of humor or has the same yeah. kind of faith walk. And yeah. Yeah, it's been good. I told you I'd get you on the podcast. Well, it's not so much as I, you know, forced my way in. You did not. I'm still upset that Bramer and Lavalt got before me. <laughs> How dare you? I thought it was age before beauty. Well, we need to shout out Garrett because he's he's in the oh, office. That's right, yeah, yeah he's love. crying right yeah, now. He's crying because he's not the. So we, he's we got to be the center of everything. <laughs> so shout you know, out to Garrett. As he, is, he is he has his own orbit, so he really is the center of everything. <laughs> yeah, he's he was my best guest. You I know, love that I, had, guy. I do too. I love him to death, and I love Bramer too. Bramer's awesome. Yeah. Bramer's awesome. Two, uh, three, three guys right here. Uh, that have been integral in my in my walk and in my faith uh, this past year, and I'm so honored and glad to know these guys. Uh, but uh, we're going to end this. Found a little prayer in my devotional this morning, and uh, just wanted to end this uh, like this. It says, "Father, what we know not, teach us; what we have not, give us; and what we are not, make us. For the sake of your Son, our Savior, Amen." Amen. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>